This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 233. That's a high number. Brought to you by Triptych Books, DCBS, the Summit City Comic Con, and iFanboy listeners exactly like you. You there, you! Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 233. I am Josh Flanagan. I am here with Ron Richards. Hello, Josh. And it's finally happened. It has. They deported Connor. Finally, they caught up with him. They did. Uh, The second most wanted fugitive in the world behind Roman Polanski. I don't know if you guys knew that. (laughs) Yeah, one too many junior high misadventures. Anyway, filling in uh, is is the incomparable Evie Nagy. How you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm I'm very good. And for those of you who might not know about Evie's illustrious comic podcasting career, she is one of the co-hosts of the Awesome by Comics podcast, which is That's one right. of my favorite shows. So thank you for joining us and replacing Connor. Thank you for having me. You have big shoes to fill with Tom Cater's shoes here. You know, you gotta. It's hard. Oh, I know. He's like a size fourteen or something. I hear. <laughs> think of this like a job interview because I really don't think Connor's. He's. He's he, up on a Well, I am. Trip. I am wearing a. I am wearing a suit. Oh. <laughs> nice. There you go. Awesome. Excellent. <laughs> now, now, if you can complain about the heat in your apartment in about a half an hour, you'll be golden. So, 
You might have to, uh, although thermostat is in my apartment, so I have some control. <laughs> iFanboy.com is our website. We built it because we like comic books. We go there to talk about comic books, and we started doing this show for the same damn reason. Every week, we one of us has to read their comics and pick the one that they thought was the best one of the week. They call that the pick of the week. We come here. We talk about it on the show with uh, some of the other notable books from the week, and I don't know, listener questions, topics of interest, things like that, stuff that comes up. Before we get going, if you have not read your books, they could be spoiled because we are going to talk about what happens in them. So there's your warning. Deal with it. Ron, you had the pick of the week. I did have the pick, and it was quite an unlikely pick of the week. I'll be honest with you. I did not expect to be picking this book. Um, the pick of the week was Astonishing Spider- uh, You know what's weird? When I was typing the review and when I just almost said it now, every time I say Astonishing, almost by muscle memory, I follow it with X-Men. You're like X Spider Man. Yeah, exactly. So, astonishing Spider Man slash Wolverine number one, or Spider Man and Wolverine number one. Um, Yeah, it's a rough title. Rough title. Uh, Six issue miniseries. It's the first issue uh, written by Jason Aaron, drawn by Adam Kubert. As I mentioned in my review on iFanboy.com, when they announced this, I was uh, amongst the head scratching. uh, folks that uh, with the, with this announcement that you know Jason Aaron was going to be writing a six issue series that was going to be a way to get people familiar with comics and Marvel comics using Spider Man and Wolverine and it just a whole lot of not making sense you know like it, I just I, I think it makes perfect sense oh possibly I didn't and maybe I'm too far and I'm too I'm in too deep I think it but, was that it was connected to astonishing I think that's really yeah. the thing that threw it off oh well yeah that that is kind of weird exactly they were trying to establish this astonishing as a brand um, almost akin to ultimate 10 years ago um, where it's just like you know it's like it, I don't really think it's in continuity but it's if you if you are a continuity nut they look like they do in continuity so I don't I don't know and it could be I mean the, be, the, pre- yeah. the premise of the story is such that it could it could be in continuity. Yeah. But so, you know, so so they announced, you know, Spider-Man and Wolverine, and that's great. I love Spider-Man. I love Wolverine. Cover had, you know, the cover image that we've seen since it was announced has got, you know, Spidey swinging through New York City and Wolverine falling behind him, I guess. Familiar <laughs> ground. Yeah. If you look at it closely, it just, I don't, I don't know. How did Wolverine get behind him? That's what I don't understand. But anyway, um, you yeah. can jump really high. Sure, <laughs> like the Hulk. Um, but you know, so uh, so you know, I'm expecting some sort of you know Marvel team up esque romp. And when I opened up the book and read the first couple of pages, I did not expect it to be a time travel story that would have Spider-Man and Wolverine living in prehistoric times. Yeah, so the story you know kicks off, and you've got a bearded Peter Parker with the tatters of his Spider-Man costume, and he's built a bitchin' apartment. In the in, in the cliffs of prehistoric times, and it just it's one of those stories where it starts off and you don't understand what's happening, and you you get a lot of narration. There were a lot of words like Jason Aaron wrote yeah. a lot with this issue, but it worked. It totally worked, and you you get um, this introduction to this world that they live in, and you find out Wolverine is living in this valley, and he's leading all these kind of savages. And, you know, so it's one of those where we get established, this is where we are, and then it takes us back to to see what happened, to see how they got there. When it turns out that Wolverine and Spider-Man uh, teamed up very briefly to stop a bank robbery that led, uh, led to them getting hurtled back in time, and they're there on the eve of the meteor that's going to strike and kill all the dinosaurs. Um, what a freaking concept. I mean, like, bravo Jason Aaron. Let me ask you this. Pretty good concepts. At any point, was there a self-loathing gay Indian hitman? No, there was not. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait, Josh, did you read this? No. Oh. Uh, well, then. You're like, no. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I, you know what? It's, it's one of the, like, I, I, I really like Jason Aaron uh, as a writer, and I think it's, I'm just I'm not interested. I, I don't well, know. It's one well, that, of that's things. that's what I find fascinating is that because the thing is that like, we we know Jason Aaron is great. We we praise him on Scalped, and I've been praising him recently on Wolverine Weapon X. But this was as superhero-y as it comes, and he and like I said, he wrote the hell out of this book. I mean, like he I think he's got Spider Man's voice down. He's got Wolverine's voice down. The net the 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 use of narration boxes from Spider Man's point of view, from Wolverine's point of view, and having them almost dance around each other was like yeah. elegant and. And like it was great, so. Well, I mean, he, he obviously has a lot of experience with Wolverine, but um, yeah. I was interested to see how he would do Spider-Man. He actually did. It was actually kind of perfect the way that it was like Spider-Man, but obviously Spider-Man in a yeah, in an extraordinary sort of situation. Well, he's funny. Um, like Jason Aaron is funny, and you don't realize <laughs> Spider-Man. That? Like, yeah, that's just that's your <laughs> well, shtick. No, 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 Jason Aaron, because like you read Scalps or whatever, and you think, oh, it's a grim motherfucker. 
Yeah, but, no, but he's funny. Yeah, like, he's very funny. So it doesn't surprise me, I suppose. Yeah. I also I have to say that Spider Man and the the dynamic between Spider Man and Wolverine whenever they get one. And this usually occurs in the actual Spider-Man title yep. um, is one of my favorites ever. And in fact, it was like the one thing whenever I'd see Wolverine pop up in a Spider-Man book when when Wolverine was the one that was in every single book and not Deadpool. Yeah, um, it was. I was like, oh, I actually, I actually want to read Wolverine in Spider-Man because I love their love and, hate. And yeah, no, and what's interesting is that it's very contemptuous, and they're very like, like. So when it when it flashes back to in the bank when they're foiling the bank robbery, and they both realize that they're both there, and they both have the same reaction, like, oh God, not him, you know, like you know, um, and made me realize that I think Bendis writes them too friendly. Bendis doesn't. Bendis doesn't write them with enough animosity. If that's the case, though, isn't that what the status quo is? Because really, they've spent a lot of time around each other over the past True, however yeah. many years, yeah. and so they know yeah. each other better now. So yeah. maybe this isn't in continuity so much because, oh God, not him. Sure, that makes sense. But dude's been working with him for five years. Right. right. That's a good point. And this conversation oh. really just got nerdy. Uh, well, also since I don't know, did you guys read? Um, I think one of the the best Spider Man Wolverine kind of you know bonding was in um, one of Joe Kelly's runs when Wolverine was of Spider Man. When um, oh, with, with Norman was, with Norman Osborn, right? Yeah, with yeah. Norman Osborn and Wolverine, kind of like giving Spider Man the like you know if you get the chance to kill him, like you just you just got to do it. And I yeah, thought that I was a sort of that was that was pretty awesome, and that was kind of a it was like it was a a, a very believable context for them to kind of like bond. Yeah. If, even though they uncle, don't really. like each other, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, well, well, whatever the, the the relationship is, Jason Aaron nailed it. And I gotta be honest, um, I, I I think I prefer Adam of the Cuberts as opposed to Andy. Um, and this tell them apart to save my life. Oh, I can, I can, yeah. Uh, I can't really either. Yeah, but um, but this I also is, can't hear Cubert and not think of Cubert. The video game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good video game. I always think it's pronounced differently just because I don't know. So um, th- I think this is uh, some of Adam Kubert's best work, um, hands down. I mean, I thought the, the art was really, really good. It was really solid. Um, everything worked between from the, the pencils to the inking to the coloring. I mean, it had a great team on it. I mean, you got Mark Morales and Dexter Vines doing the inks and Justin Ponsor doing the colors. And it was, Who I did? mean, it was. This is Adam, right? This is Adam, correct. Who did Wolverine Origin? Adam, maybe? <laughs> See, I don't think I, don't that I can't tell the difference. It's that I don't know which one. I don't know which name goes to which style. I think that that's it. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Who did who did the the Neil Gaiman Batman story? Andy. Uh, Andy? Oh, that. See, I thought. Yeah, that was Adam? good. I don't remember <laughs> which one it was. I think it was. Oh, I don't know. I think so it was Adam. Which one? You just said you could tell them apart. Come on. Well, I don't remember what they've done. I just remember when they worked at when they worked at Marvel, and and I just I for some reason uh, I think uh, Andy was on X Men, and I didn't like it as much as when Adam was on X Men. I guess in that regard, um, it's a rabbit hole kind of episode. I can tell you that already. It really is. It really is. But but that said, this was really good. And um, I just thought the art worked. And Andy Kubert did Wolverine Origin, by the way, not Adam. Ah. So there you go. Okay. Well, it looks better. So, um, but anyway, so this great issue, great first issue. It's gonna be a six issue miniseries. This is gonna be a nice little trade when it's all done to hand to somebody and be like, have fun with Marvel Comics. Yeah, know? and there's a lot of like intriguing setups too. Yeah. Um, like with the the mysterious woman that um Spider Man keeps dreaming about, and then it looks like the stuff that sent them back in time, like, yep. you know. Is in this thing and yeah. Well, cool. I loved I love the the villains of the bank robbery. The the, the talk about an awful costume. The eye, yeah. The, the, the orb. That's the, that was the character's name, and he's in this this great kind of like evil Knievel red, white, and blue costume, and he's got a big eyeball on his head, and his henchmen have little eye masks, and it was just right. like, <laughs> and he calls them his orblings, and they're yeah. like, is this guy serious? Yeah, like we great. gotta worry, we gotta not work for this <laughs> these I'm, freaks anymore. I'm really starting to miss villains like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I was realizing, I was reading yeah. through some old comics recently. I was like, "Wow, I forgot about villains like these villains like this are awesome." Yeah, no, it was de- it was definitely a. I feel like this is a modern a modern classic Spider Man story. You know, like it, it's it's because it had that interaction with a wacky villain, but it was done in a modern, almost like Dark Knight, you know, Joker esque kind of way. You know, so. I don't know. I liked it. I was very, very surprised by it. So bravo, Jason Aaron. You can write superheroes. Let me ask you uh, this, though, uh, and I guess we're going to get to it, though. W- was there a lot of competition for it? I, sometimes I wonder like, how the process is. Were you like, this is the only thing I really like this week? Or 
Well, yeah. Well, for well, you know how it is for me. I mean, basically, what I do is I read. I, I read my stack of books. I read the fir- the the ones I'm most excited about uh, uh, first, and the ones I'm least excited about last. And then I sit down and I go through, and basically, I go, "Yeah, I got something to say. No, I I, I separate, put them into piles. Yes, I have something to say. No, I don't have something to say. And I just whittle down, whittle down, whittle down. And ultimately, I whittle down the fir- I whittle down Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine ended up next to the first book I read this week, which was Uncanny X-Men number five twenty four. Um, realizing that had I picked Uncanny X-Men two issues in a row, I would probably get vilified on the website. But I don't care. I'm not here to serve everyone. Listen, I'm here to serve myself. It's what's you know? expected of you. Exactly. Um, but that right. said, Uncanny X-Men number 524, um, it, it came very, very close. And I'll tell you, but before, so Evie, are you reading this whole second? Are you reading Uncanny X-Men, the second coming thing? Or am I the only one? I am. Oh, you are? Okay, no, cool. I, I am indeed reading it, yes. Okay. And did you read this issue? I did read this issue. Okay. I got, I got choked up. Am I am I alone in that? Or well, I think um, I uh, that's a really hard question. I didn't get choked up. I think it would have been possibility, but it's like it was sort of one of those things that I, I, that it just well. A I should say this. I I, I accidentally didn't read X Force last week. So. <laughs> but no, no, shock, but, isn't it? no, no, no. But of course I knew. I mean, yeah. of course it got spoiled for me. Oh, okay, so you didn't, to, you didn't have Nightcrawler died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll see. I knew that. Well, and the other thing too is, of course, we knew that was going to happen for like ever. So that's, that's um, thing. we're going to talk about that later on. But I didn't. But anyway, so I had no idea. But that would have made sense. Yeah. No, we talked about it. We've been talking about it like every week. Yeah. Like, no, oh, uh, when's yeah. night? When's Nightcrawler going to die? Right. So um, I've heard, I mean, I've heard I've heard it as a speculation, but I almost didn't. Well, we, I don't know what wait, we can save that for later. But okay. um, so you didn't have the you didn't have the buildup of like so I read X Force last week. Then leading into this, this is so all the X Men are back on the island. Nightcrawler is now dead. And basically, it's it, this has this issue has practically no fighting. Um, and it's totally focused on the X Men and the reaction to Nightcrawler passing away. And you know, the the beginning opens up with um, basically Cyclops stepping up and leading as he should, and saying, you know, this is what we need to do. We don't have a lot of time. We need to take care of his body. We need to do a burial. We need to do a memorial, and then we need to get back to the war. And it, you know, it's, it's just another chapter of the maturity and badassness of Cyclops that has been continuing that as he steps up to be the X-Men's leader. Um, but then the, the latter half of the issue is uh, basically that memorial service for, for Nightcrawler. And it starts off with Beast flying in because Beast has now left the team flying in. This was the part that I got pretty emotional. During. Yeah, that I was. Mean, that I mean, was, relatively, I don't want to. Yeah, you know, this was. This was the section that was like honestly the guy who works in my shop was was was, was crying. He was admittedly he's very melodramatic, but um, uh, he cries at Kodak about. commercials. But still, yeah, yeah. Storm Storm is not to be trifled with with the emotional comics, but um, it's maybe a bad case example. Yeah, possibly. But you know, so you got Beast who chews out Cyclops. You know, saying you know this is on you. You know, like he's basically blaming Cyclops for it. And then uh, Iceman gives a great little kind of eulogy, like kind of reading from the Bible or something like that. And then there's this two-page something like that. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But then there's this two-page spread that along the top, uh, Terry Dodson drew, drew Nightcrawler in his various incarnations. You know, kind of like you know flying through the air, swat with the sword and the swashbuckling. Dressed up like the priest, which I was never a fan of. Um, and then finally, you know, kind of teleporting. And you have little uh, panels of each of the X-Men saying something about Nightcrawler. And it was like, I mean, it's like being at your friend's funeral. Like, it was awful. Um, it, it ripped my heart out. Um, and so it was really, really close up until the last page when finally Wolverine speaks up. And Wolverine says some great stuff about he was his best friend and he never judged me and he never looked down on me. And then he turns around and chews out uh, Cyclops and and points at Hope and says you better be worth this and then storms off and I thought that was slightly out of character. Yeah, the, when he says he was my best friend, yeah, I have to say I was kind of like really. Yeah, no, they he were. Was your they, best I, you know, friend? I, I mean, a little. Yeah, they were. In the cl- I guess I mean I know they were really good friends, but I just I can't I guess I guess it's more it's not that I don't believe that they were best friends. I, I couldn't really imagine Wolverine being like. Somebody was my best friend. <laughs> well, yeah, no, if you go if you go back if you go back to the Claremont um, after Burn the Claremont uh, Paul Smith years there was a lot of Wolverine Nightcrawler Fuzzy Elf you buddy, know like buddy, buddy buddy stuff in, uh, yeah totally. Rucka's run on Wolverine like Wolverine was off on his own and I remember he would meet with Nightcrawler in a bar yeah and they would talk about stuff and he was like the one who he would like unload to yeah <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but but so um, yeah no they've had that relationship so it made sense but the thing is that Wolverine 
Wolverines should be able to get what they're fighting for and what hope right. is and all the stuff like that. And and the storming and wouldn't off, blame it on her. Yeah, right. Yeah, he'd blame it on Cyclops. I mean that that would make sense. Like he would he would lash out at Cyclops, but not at her. Especially like Wolverine's not going to be able to have a connection and bond with a teenage girl. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I mean, he, I mean, that's his bread and butter. You know, I'm surprised he doesn't hasn't already. You know, like, and then he storms off with with well, Angel. I'm he hasn't Angel. already what? Yeah, he storms off with he storms off with Angel and Domino, and like it looks like the the X Force squad, which I don't like the X Force squad, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, so that's really it was that last kind of moment that really made it uh, knocked out of the running. You know, that kind of took. You know, it it, it kind of was a little out of character for me, but it was a great issue and continuing the best X Men crossover in years. So, I, I guess um I guess because. Beast had already chewed out Cyclops, then yeah. Wolverine had to chew out someone else, maybe. You see, now the thing is, I would have now, you know, I'm no comic book writer, I admit, I admit that, but I would have let Wolverine do his speech, you know, and then end it. Just walk yeah. away without saying anything. Maybe yeah, his exactly. face and everything would imply right. that he was thinking that, but. Well, no, yeah. Just leave it, leave it open to it. Like Perhaps. leave it on a leave, leave it on a good note. Like it remind. I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral and it, and somebody speaks out of turn or the person who's not supposed to show up shows up or whatever. Unfortunately, I have. Oh, and that's man. awful. Yeah, it's awful. Wow. Yeah, and and so, but you know, amusing what? in but, hindsight. Well, not real, not really. But now, in the abstract that we're talking about it, it's awful. <laughs> if, this, if this, if this were like a, if this were like a, a movie that we were, this talking is what I'm about, saying. And, I don't, and that listen, sounds pretty funny. Some weird yeah. shit that happened with your uncle. I don't know. But yeah. in the abstract, <laughs> not real stuff. It's awful. is that his hooker drug dealer? Yeah, like I don't know. <laughs> but that said, I would like to see Nightcrawler have like a nice memorial and just end on a nice, inspiring note. But he, you know, it's got to be you know strife in the family. But whatever, not strife. That's the not, ca- ex- not strife that's the not character, the, mind you. But yeah. The, uh, the X Men is not about ending on a high note ever. I it's know. always got to be. Yeah, one could hope. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's why Uncanny X Men wasn't the pick of the week. But um, what can you do? That's cool. Yeah. So uh, so Evie, uh, you are going to do something unprecedented in 233 episodes of the iFanboy podcast. So I know that you guys don't read Secret Six, and everyone knows that I do, or everyone <laughs> who knows who I am knows that I do. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, this is a book that. I kind of can't believe they just sell on the shelf as like a regular old comic book. Total like if this were if this were a Marvel book, it would like totally be a Max. Really? A Max you think so? Title. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I do. It's it's like it's nothing but like sort of really sadistic violence and sex and like just cr- total craziness all the time and how does that um, how does that get through the the dc you know editorial then like i've only read the first trade so I, uh, that this is my question where yeah. i don't i don't know what's the yeah. status quo in the book because okay so the, the status quo in the book is um that well i mean there's obviously been a lot i'm not going to recap the whole series or anything no, no, but no. right now um right now they were basically hired the secret six was hired to do a job where to save this old man's um kid who had been sort of like taken in by a cult that was going to sacrifice that sacrificed kids so they go in to sort of rescue rescue this kid and um i i think they succeed i can't honestly this is really dumb this was like two issues ago i don't remember if they succeed or not um but it's not all that important because what they do is they go back to the old man and um he I think maybe they don't succeed, but the, but he's going to pay them anyway, or or something for for taking down this cult anyway, because um, they did they kind of destroyed the cult, they set the whole campground on fire basically, and um, and then he ends up the old man's like the phone rings, and he's like oh it's for you and it's for Thomas Blake Wildcat I mean Catman Wildcat one of my <laughs> it's for Catman and um and Catman's like that's, what that's because so, Wildcat is not a dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> and Catman, you may continue. <laughs> oh, but Catman's awesome. But um, he so anyway, there are these basically it's these guys who have kidnapped. He has a baby son with Cheshire. Catman does, yes. and um, and they have kidnapped his son, and they're like, we're holding him, you know, thirteen stories over uh, the street or whatever, and we'll you know let him live another year for every member of your team that you kill right now. Um, and so obviously this old man had been in cahoots with, with, you know, whoever these people are who are kind of, you know, going after Catman for whatever reason. And basically Catman calls their bluff and says no. And like, 
basically allows his kid to die. And then he goes and finds Cheshire, who who the, the same, you know, villains have, have beaten up and to to she's almost dead and she ends up dying. But before she dies, he he you know, she's like, You've got to get them back for having kidnapped and, you know, supposedly killed our son. And so now he has abandoned the Secret Six and is off on a revenge mission um in South Africa. So that's basically where we are. And um the and the Secret Six using Black Alice's power, um, she taps into Dr. Occult's power so that she can track him. And uh, they end up in, in South Africa, so they're looking for him. And, and he has just, like, killed the shit out of a guy by, like, pulling his spine out or something. Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, like, it, it's insane. And, and, I mean, oh, oh and, oh, and there's also all these flashbacks to Catman's father, who was, like, the biggest <gasps> asshole in the whole world. Cat dad. Cat dad. Yep. <laughs> I just Cat I just man. find it so fascinating that they that they're they built this whole uh, Gail Simone's built this whole group of characters and all this continuity and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. just all outside of everything else. Right. And well and that's why I mean that's one of the reasons it's so great because it doesn't have to, you know, some of this other stuff gets put in holding patterns or all these other things, you know, because it, it has to cross over and it has to match up with certain things. And Secret Six just doesn't. Now you've That's been, what I'm you've been with the series all along. It's it's is it still good? Is it as good as it was? Because I, it was absolutely I, okay. It's it's absolutely as good as it was. And one of the reasons is that she is probably. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, she's the best dialogue writer that there is. Um, wow. I, I mean, she just like she uh, seriously. Suck I, I mean, it, Aaron Sorkin. I, I, or did you mean in comics? Um, <laughs> I meant in, I meant oh. in comics. I meant in comics, yeah. <laughs> no, she, I don't know, she and Aaron Sorkin, I don't know. But, um, Tim yeah, Mamet's uh, like, whatever. Basically, it's like, and, she, you know, she's got something like, you know, Ragdoll is this sort of comic relief character, but he'll just say things like, he'll, he'll, like, it'll go from him talking about his, you know, tortured, horrible childhood, and then, this wasn't in this issue, this was like a few issues ago, and, and he's sort of giving them this, like, look into his, like, really you know what one of the reasons that he's as fucked up as he is and then a butterfly lands on his hand and he's like hmm i wonder what it would feel like to fuck a butterfly and like it's just stuff like that it just did comes it, out did, of do they curse do they no. curse in the book no uh, no no but i mean okay. it was obvious that's what he said i okay. i wasn't gonna just i wasn't gonna like say you know asterisk asterisk yeah, I don't, yeah asterisk. i don't know how to verbalize that <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, and it just, it's this stuff where, you know, it'll get, like, really intense and really poignant, and then it'll be just absurd and make you laugh out loud. And there's this whole thing between um, Scandal Savage and Bane, where they have this, like, really sort of tender relationship going on, <laughs> which is just, it's just, like, a really awesome part of the, I mean, it, it just as an ensemble book, I mean, she just does everything right. As far I liked as Bane. Concerned. I remember Bane being my favorite part of it. I think he was, and it's it's it's, it's kind of an out of character Bane from any other version of Bane I've ever yeah, read. But, but I don't I don't care. I no, mean, no care. one's like this isn't Bane. No yeah. one wants that. <laughs> like, who, who gives a shit? <laughs> no one. Who gives enough of a shit about Bane? Although you, now I'm do, starting to, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although now I'm starting to, and and if he ever if he ever becomes like a you know a, a significant part of another series written by someone else, mm-hmm. and he's kind of back to you know what Bane used to be like, I'm going to be that person. It's like. This isn't the Bane I know. He just says, um. <laughs> Bane I know respects women. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, the Bane I know respects women. <laughs> he does. I want to see he, that like, letter. Stands- <laughs> I want to say, in like four years, there would be like a Batman confidential in the back, just one angry letter from Evie. The Bane I know respects women, and this, my friend, is not Bane. <laughs> I know, I know Bane. Bane. <laughs> oh man, this is uh, I'm friends with Bane. Well, yeah, yeah no. for some, I mean, I can't explain it, but for some reason, I just you know, Secret Six. I read the first trade, and it was alright, but I just it just had no interest whatsoever. You know what? I yeah, me, I really love it. It wasn't bad. It was well yeah, done. Exactly. It was good. I just it wasn't my thing. It's that it was actually the, the sense of humor wasn't my sense of humor. Uh, oh, for see, whatever reason. Gail Smart and I have exactly the same sense of yeah. humor, so that must have a lot to do with it. No, uh, it's just like a style of comedy. It's it, you can you can take it one way or the other, and I, that wasn't really. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't even have a problem with the sense of humor. I thought it was fun. I thought it was whatever. I, it just like I guess it's that investment in the characters. Like I don't have. Yeah. Uh, like it's hard for well, me to. She, I mean, and I came into it not really knowing any of the characters either at all, and um, because I hadn't read like the previous series, and um, I mean, I knew who they were, but I mean, it's not like I had any kind of like real investment in them. 
but she's really like how she's kind of worked out that there's, you know, relationship between Deadshot and Catman, the relationship between Bane and Scandal and, and it's, you know, it's really gotten to the point where you, you definitely care about them because they have this, this really complex relationship with one another. Let us, let us move on to Batman and Robin number 12, or is this Batman versus Robin on the cover in a a little bit of design trickery who drew Uh, drew this here's the question uh andy clark who had done i think i had the pick of the week a few months ago with his first issue i'm almost sure of it uh andy clark a a british penciler sort of reminiscent of quietly although not the same although he did pages one through nine and pages 15 through 17 and then uh dustin gwynn did layouts for the other pages and scott Hanna did the inks for andy clark and then did the finishes for 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 dustin gwynn so apparently this was an effort to make the book come out on time. Interesting. The interesting thing that happened is that Dustin Gwynn, who, who has a fairly uh, unique style, and it's not like Clark's, uh, he pretty much did it in that style, and then, and then Hannah's inks on top of it made it look, for the most part, like it, the rest of the book. So it was mostly consistent, but in the middle, like you could kind of tell that it was a little off. Um, it's an interesting choice because you know the, the, the thing is, do you want the book to just come out on time in a straight line? And they obviously said yes. And then they said, well, do you want to have a substitute artist in there? And they said no. So they tried to ape it. And I think it's yeah. mostly successful. There, it's, I found it fascinating that DC is really committed to getting these books out on time, which is great. I mean, I think that's a good thing. But, it, but it, it, the art is, is what ends up suffering. But does it? Because right. why are people buying the book? Right. Yep. People buying Pretty it cool. for, for Grant Morrison? In this case, mm, I would say yes. definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that being said, that's all just whatever. Um, I like the first part of the story. The second one, I, the second part, I was kind of confused, and this is sort of the the end of this bit. And then at the end, of course, there's a big reveal. Uh, so put your spoiler hats on. Uh, the uh, the grave digger Oberon is it Oberon Sexton? I think. Yes. Yeah, it was Joker. Which I did not expect. I did really? not either. But now I don't know why it matters. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things. Like it's, it's it's the classic comic book last page cliffhanger is reveal the villain and or hero who you didn't expect. But sometimes when there's no context, it's just like it's like saying something right. and then flipping the light off, like a very unsatisfying right. episode of Lost. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's 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 the Joker. Okay, and now it's not Bruce Wayne. Right. That's all we know. And now well, I, have I mean, to wait I a yeah. month to find out what the hell that means because I don't know. Uh, and are you are you are you excited for that month? Or no, not really. really. Oh. I like the Joker, <laughs> and and I, I like I like the story. Okay, but I. It feels like going backwards a little bit. Where he was doing something else, and you know, and it was going to be different. And I was like, "Who is Oberon Sexton? Will it be?" And it was just like, "Oh, it's just Joker." I've been kind of famously. Um, I mean, I've I've been reading this whole series and enjoying it just fine, but um, I've been sort of famously crusading against against it in a little bit because I think it's been like really overrated for the most part. And uh, one of the things a few like weeks ago was that they brought he brought back Oberon Sexton as this big you know mystery character. But the last time that Oberon Sexton had been in the series was like 11 weeks before or 11 months before so, or I mean it was some not that long but you know it was a long time and I was kind of like wait what who the fuck I don't I barely remember this guy making an appearance and then that's the thing with and like why reading. he was significant you know like wh- why do why is this mystery even here because I barely remember that he was here before and so this isn't really hardly a mystery because I just I, you know I haven't really it hasn't been built up to a point where I care. I'm not following these Grant Morrison stories going, oh, there's the clue left from seven months. I don't remember what happened yesterday. Right. Yeah. So, like, I need, oh, exactly. to, I need to know what's happening sort of as we go. So I'm sort of just taking it on a, a moment-by-moment basis. The thing that I like about this, the thing that I've loved more than anything all along the way, the th- reason I actually really like this series is because I think the relationship between Dick, Alfred, and Damien is interesting. As long yes. as they can keep enough of that going, I'm happy with this and I'm cool. I liked the stuff with Damien and his mother. There's some really wonderful moments about who Damien is turning into and, and what all this means to him and and like the thing where she's like, we are enemies now. And he said, very well. And you're just like, all right. <laughs> Let's do this. You know, that part was really good. <laughs> the other half of this, the return of Bruce Wayne, the mystery, the swirl, I don't give a shit about. I, yeah. I don't care. Well, I dropped the book already, so I'm done. I'm out. I, I just, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think part of why I read it is so that I can fight with people about it. I'm not sure. Just because, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> the antagonistic <laughs> reading, I like it. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I don't do that with very many things, but, mm-hmm. like, I just, the, the, when, you know, when they started this whole thing about how Bruce Wayne, you know, was lost in time, so he's been leaving these clues throughout history. Yeah. I, I just think that is so, th- I'm like, this would be great, you know, for like some 
animated movie about something that isn't Batman. But like for some reason, you know, they're turning him into the Riddler and I just, (laughs) you know. It's It's just a search for Serpentor. It's so so over the top. It's kind of this like, you know, it's this like usual suspects kind of business that doesn't seem like, I don't know. It just seems very much like just so that people can be like, oh my God, Batman left all these clues like throughout history. It's like amazing. He's Batman is just, I can't believe he did, you know, and, and it's like, okay, I don't really think he would have done it that way, but what do I know? <laughs> In high concept news, uh, somebody at Vertigo and Chris Robertson said, hey, hold on a minute. His Robertson. These zombies are popular. I can't pronounce anybody's name today. These zombies are pretty popular. Why don't we do a book about a, about a nice, intelligent zombie who's a pretty girl? Yep. And the crowds went wild. And get Mike Allred to draw it, Laura Allred to color it, and Todd Klein to do the letters? Nobody draws better dead people. Uh, this, I mean, I, I Zombie. It was the um, so we're talking about I Zombie number one from Vertigo. It was a dollar. So if you didn't pick it up, why the f not? Um, it was the Don't Miss book. Uh, Chris Neesman talked to uh, uh, the writer Chris Roberson. Uh, so if you heard that last week, you could hear a lot about the book and what it went into. You know, um, the the development of it. But um, anytime there's a Mike Allred book, I'm there, and this did not uh, disappoint at all. So. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I, I mean, it was I, interesting. Yeah. I think this is going to be really for Vertigo, Vertigo people. If you if you're not totally um, tired of the zombie thing, I think this is uh, this is going to be one to watch. I think this is going to be a book to follow for a while. So, well, I think even if you are if you are tired of the zombie thing, it's not really a zombie book, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's not like oh these you know all the zombie things are like other universe zombies. This is just a zombie book about yeah. you know a zombie who for some reason is like has a job. And yeah, she's a zombie. She's a grave digger. Her name is Gwen, and she needs to um, eat brains in order to stay alive. So she lives in this. It lives in the uh, cemetery, and she. But talk- she hates them. I love yeah. that. Yeah. She's like, they're, it's the most disgusting, vile, yep. crap ever. But you know, it, it's I don't really have a choice. And it's got a cool. It's got a cool cast of characters. You know, in terms of her other coworkers, and there's a guy who turns into a kind of like a werewolf, but he turns into a a, a were dog, like a like a. <laughs> It's, a, it's like a terrier. It's yeah, a wear, wear terrier. terrier. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> um, Yeah, but no, it's good. I'm, I mean, you know, for a dollar, it was totally worth it for the all red art, and I, I actually might stick around on this book because I'm engaged by it. So, yeah, not for me. Uh, what was for you though, Josh? Uh, Hellboy in Mexico, number one, or no, one shot. Whatever one it shot, was. Yeah. Uh, the, there was the best panel maybe ever. I think this. I I remember we did a show on Hellboy a long time ago. And we talked about the storytelling of of Mignola. This wasn't Mignola, it was Richard Corbin, but uh, baby Hellboy who likes pancakes, and then they cut to the demons in hell, and they're like, oh, he knows, and it's very. It's, it, I thought of that was one of the best panels ever. This had a page that beat that one. Oh wow! They walk in the fifties. Hellboy ran around with monster hunting luchadors <laughs> because there was like a hell mouth. End of story. So there's a page, Hellboy walks outside, or no, the, the, one of the luchadors walks outside, and there's just a shot of a vampire turkey head, and it's turned one way, and then you go back, and then the vampire turkey head is looking at you, and it's all silent. There's this wonderful, like, comedic, scary, storytelling page moment. It's fantastic. And then later at the end of the book is Hellboy passed out, drunk on a table, wearing a sombrero. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, a thousand times yes. And, and if you if you don't know if you if you're not ready to appreciate the art of Richard Corbin, this this issue will do it. Listen to me. Uh, if you ever thought about going to pick up Hellboy, but oh, there's too much. There's this. There's that. Blah blah blah. Just pick up this yeah. one issue. Please go out and pick yeah. up this one issue. It's perfect. I can I can attest to that because I I don't. I, it's the same thing. Like I don't actually read Hellboy not because I don't like it every time I read it, but because I just you know it's I just have not I didn't start or whatever. But I just read this and you don't need to. I mean you yeah. just basically kind of need to know who Hellboy is and that's about it. And I love that it was th- it themed was themed the Cinco de Mayo. I love that yeah. it came out on May fifth. That's hysterical. It's just great. They're luchadors. It's fantastic. It was <laughs> the t- um, the turkey. Yep. Oh, that, it was great. Oh, oh. oh the the de- the devil, devil turkey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't. I don't read Hellboy. Like I don't read BPRD. I'm not part of the whole Hellboy nation or whatever. But I bought this because it had Hellboy fighting a luchador in a in a, in a wrestling ring. That's it's on the cover. It's amazing. So, good job. Um, all right, cool. So uh, real quickly, we want to thank uh, Triptych Books for sponsoring this episode of iFanboy. Triptych is a uh, they're an independent comic book publisher, and a lot of a lot of uh, indie comic publishers are going this route that they're going. And Triptych is looking to you to help them out with their first series, a book called Trigger Men. Um, they've started they've set up on Kickstarter.com, which I, if you haven't heard of, is a little website that allows you to uh, donate and fund uh, art 
projects, you know, whether films or books or comics. Uh, so Triptych is up on Kickstarter, and they've got a book called Trigger Men that they're really excited about. And you can pre-order a copy uh, of the first issue uh, and pledge on Kickstarter to help them fund getting this book done. So if you if you pledge five dollars, you get the comic plus you help get them started. So uh, help out independent books. Uh, if you go to their website at www.tripticbooks.com, you can find out all the information, the link to their Kickstarter project, and and help them out. Uh, help them fund a comic book. You know, and then you get a little piece of the action. So. Excellent. So, uh, brightest day number one. Um, I feel like brightest day number zero was number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was. Yeah. It was the first one. Yeah. So it was weird. There's really no getting around it. Yeah. Um, uh, the, I, I I don't know how I feel about brightest day this series. I feel it, it's it, for some reason it's got a countdown feel to me. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm. It's a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just like there was there was two That's great things. Makes, there was two great things about this: uh, a giant zombie squid yep. eating a ship over a two-page spread in a widescreen, like like wonderful the, piece of art. And yeah, then a total, couple pages later, zombie really shark nice. from out of nowhere. Other than yep. that, I I couldn't tell you what happened in this, and I don't care. I think there are too many characters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I you know we're not going to get into I I. I completely couldn't st- and and Ron and I thought about this once but yep. so we won't really get into it but I I thought Blackest Night was atrocious so the the, the next the next you know thing afterward I'm just kind of like hmm. now what what kills me though is I really like Dead Man and I really like what they're doing yeah. with Dead Man like, but they brought it back to life but I like Martian Manhunter I like Aquaman but it's just like if this is a bi-weekly book that's going to go on for the next year you know yep. if you're into this kind of thing that's awesome I I got my Is that what it night. is? Oh yeah. yeah. This it's, is going to be bi-weekly. It's like their half 52 countdown. And the yeah. other half is going to be um Generation Lost. Right. So right. got those things going on which basically counts as their weekly book. It's just there's two of them. Uh yeah. I think I think I knew that and then I I I blacked it out because So if this is your kind of thing, go for it. I I've I think I want to take a step away for a while. You want to talk about want to talk about t- taking a step away? <laughs> this long national nightmare is over. <laughs> is it really? The Dark Age, book four, number four, the last of a 16-part, 45-year adventure. <laughs> yeah, this story has been interminable. I think it was in high school when it started. And, and, and there was, this is, this is, we've talked about books that we don't, that we, uh, that we keep buying no matter what. I don't do that for anything. The only book that I have every issue of and will always buy is Astro City. And yep. this really pushed me a lot. And and it's over. I have no idea what happened. I held out a little bit of hope at the end. Like, well, maybe it'll turn around. It didn't. I don't know yep. what happened. I don't care, but it's over. I just want it I to be th- over. Exactly. That's I, how I, I think feel. We, I think maybe we were supposed to feel the frustration that Charles and Royal felt of, like, you know, many decades of, like, of chasing something. I And I'm saying this kind of not really seriously. But, um... Because it, it was just like it was basically the whole story was about you know these guys just trying to avenge their parents' death and like well, it for, just was like, like forever, for, forever and ever and ever and ever. And I'm like, wow, I guess I know now. I now know how it feels to like not be able to resolve something that well, you've yeah, been trying to solve to, forever. To want to avenge someone and not be able to, like the frustration <laughs> and the, yeah. Oh, uh, think of that. Right. The, end of the book was they didn't succeed. We yeah. did 58 years of reading this story <laughs> and it's for the nothing. End, Nothing happened. <laughs> we already knew the Silver Agent died. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we knew. <laughs> right, because he dies like in history, right? And then he like Yeah, yeah, we already we've yeah. known he's been dead for yeah, whatever. And but it's it wasn't but it's, even them. I know. <laughs> At the end. There were pseudonyms. <laughs> Well, okay, yeah, I haven't read this. I've actually been reading this and didn't read this last one, so I, uh-huh. I'm just but uh, if that's kind of funny. It in issues, I don't know how you would remember the beginning of it. No, I don't remember it. It's crazy. No, I don't remember. All I know is that it's over, and now that paves the way for new, hopefully brighter stories, and that's all I need. So, anyway, bring back the first family people. Yeah. Um, so moving along, demo number four. Uh, Brian Wood, Becky Cloonan. Um, Becky Cloonan's art got really kind of cartoony in this issue. But good. Like, it was great. I thought it was beautiful, but it was really sparse. And like, there's one, sh- there's one panel where the kid, uh, uh, basically the story, the, the subject of this story is a kid who finds out he can breathe underwater when he's under stress. 
Like he gets pushed to, he gets thrown into the water by bullies, and he he doesn't have to come up for air, you know. And so that's his kind of premise. And in the middle of the book, when he's like experimenting with his power, there's one point where he comes out of the water, and he's on his hands are on the dock, and he spits water out of his mouth, and it's like a little patoo, you know, kind of. And it was very, it was very bone esque almost, you know, like there's, it was very just. It's sort of, um, I mean, it's the the character drawings are especially the lead. The main guy is kind of manga-ish almost. Well, yeah. Well, Becky, because all the stuff she's done for Tokyo Pop, it really she does do the manga thing. Um, and yeah. yeah, you're right. It, it's more, I, yeah. But this more so than the than the other issues. Yes. I think. Yeah, big time, big time. So, but, but uh, uh, I love this series. So do I. Like I think it's just it's like these. It's like if people aren't reading it, it's basically like you know the Twilight Zone. These like Twilight Zone one-offs, and and they're just. Amazing. Yeah, one and done. Just like yeah, blast to read. Um, art is great, and and I kind of noticed that it was. It said four out of six, and I thought they were doing eight, and I got really sad when I saw it was six because I wanted more. I think so. Evie and I have to be enemies. Why? Why? I don't like the same books? I don't think. It doesn't mean you have to be enemies. It My does. God. It does. I'm throwing a sword in the ground right now. But and we, yelling. <laughs> well, I know that. Well, we 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 have the the Miller thing, but that's that's not the that's same. That's something yeah. people but, don't uh, like. Right. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> I know, but I, I think that's just as I think that is just as worthy of bonding over. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be your enemy. Um, so cool. I don't want to be your enemy either. Oh. Um, <laughs> but you don't you don't like this, Josh? I I I it's not. I, he's, no. he's never been able to connect with it. It's been too. It's too indie for him. Oh oh, oh okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's just it's just like little tiny stories never have a chance to grab me, and I, I'm not the biggest Brian Wood fan in the world. So. All right, fair enough. What well, can you do? I, I think I've liked this for the art as much, and also like if you, I just I like weird shit a lot. Yeah. The weirder the better. Hence, uh, you know, loving Secret Six and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. moving on to user reviews. <laughs> uh, if you want to review the comics that you pick on ifanboy.com, go to the little Your Comics tab, and you can write a review on any books that you picked. First one up is D. Warden, or as I like to say, Dwarden, with Spider-Man Fever number two. Stories a four out of five, and the art a five out of five, and one point one percent at time of recording. Pick this as the pick of the week, and he says the existence of the miniseries alone seems remarkable since it is such a bizarre story with such psychedelic art. But I think that it's great that for whatever reason Marvel published Brandon McCarthy's trippy Spider-Man Doctor Strange story. This second issue had some amazing full-page spreads of Doctor Strange in a weird rubber ducky boat, and the hallucinatory narrative of Spider-Man discovering his own spider essence is refreshingly weird. The story is pretty loose. I'm not at all sure why Spider-Man needs to do battle with a fly, but I don't think that this comic is about logical narrative structure. Instead, it is a highly visual fever dream. That is the end of what I was reading, but so was your review. And it's well, that's an excerpt from his review, and you go to the website to see it. Um, uh, if you haven't seen this, it's one of those. Um, I forget what the imprint is at Marvel. It's the with the weird cover treatment, um, like what Care Andrews book was, and and JMS the Silver Surfer Requiem. What what line is that? It's not Marvel Knights. It might be Marvel Knights. Yeah, I think it's, it's Marvel Knights. Yeah. yeah, the new Marvel Knights. It's a Marvel Knights book, and I think you, it's just called like MK. They just yeah, like MK, label it MK yeah. now. Yeah. If you don't know, if you haven't experienced the comic booking of Brandon McCarthy, go look at this because I was looking at this at the store, and this book is fucked up. The art is just amazing. It just like and it's crazy and wacky and it just it, it's it's so cool. But Doctor Strange is the perfect and some of the landscapes and some of the stuff like oh it was just, it was awesome. So um, all right, our next review comes from Zombox who reviewed War of the Superman number one story uh, got a four out of five and the art got a four out of five and point six two percent of you made it the pick of the week. <laughs> Less Ooh. than 1%. Unlike the frenetic, non-standard layouts of the previous two, two miniseries, this one relies on tried-and-true techniques regularly. This helps the pacing feel smoother, quick and eventful at points, slow and sinister in some of the interludes. The art really shines as the planet explodes with brilliance fading in gloom in the graveyard of the dead society. The story is nice as well. This sets up a year, of, uh, this sets up a year or more of storytelling as Superman and Kara deal with the fallout of the failing of their people. Um, I don't read Superman, uh, but I thought we should touch on this book because it's the – the the culmination of that yeah i decided to pass did you really you know what i've been along with superman this whole time and it's just one of those things like i don't know how i feel like i'm getting into year two year three now i've been the same way i actually didn't read this issue but i have to say that that um i think it's all going to turn around with paul cornell this is my this is my well superman's not in that book so it's all it's all luther yeah so it's a superman book though sure yeah yeah 
No. He's going mean, to have something read, to do with I'll that. I'll read Paul Cornell's book. I, I just like this is I, – I, I remember really liking the um, World of Krypton miniseries and then went 12 issues and then they were like, nope, it's not over. And I was like, ah, you don't do a 12-issue miniseries and then not end it in some way. And they didn't end it at all. And I think yeah. that no. left a bad taste in my mouth. And it's not that it's bad. It's just like, okay, it's been going on forever. It gets to be like, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like lost. I, not to harp on a point, <laughs> but just like, come on, get it over with. Yeah. So. For me, that's not necessarily any. It's nobody else's. Only only point six two percent people pick this as exactly. week. So yeah. I think uh, I think people are. Uh, I think they're they're, they're done with this. Super, okay. Superman's getting a little old. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you go to ifanboy.com slash comics, you can you can do your pull list. And you can rate review them. We might read one of your reviews on the show. So go write them. This episode is very very generously sponsored by DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. They have monthly specials of up to 75% off and 40% off all major publishers. Flat rate shipping of any orders over $5.95 to the U.S. You can buy anything that's in preview. There are many thousands of trade paperbacks in stock. And you can track your orders online. You go to www.dcbservice.com. And do not forget, they are sponsoring uh, the Summit City Comic Con, which is on May 22nd. That's coming up really, really soon in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So if you happen to be in the middle of the country and you got sick of watching corn grow, you could go do this. They're going to be lo- – that's horrible. <laughs> Listen, I drove across the country, Colorado, to the edge of New York City. It's just corn www.summitcitycomiccon.com there are going to be all sorts of people there it's going to be a great place to get sketches and meet creators and get all sorts of um, great deals I'm imagining on, on stuff and you can stock up on things you've been missing and stuff like that and uh, they're good people and it's, it's going to be a good show um, our first email comes from Gary Lewis who says that like quite a few people and we foreshadowed this email earlier like quite a few people I was not surprised or even moved when Nightcrawler met his end in the la- latest issue of X-Force after almost a week to digest it though I've come to the conclusion that it wasn't the actual story or art that lessened the emotional impact but the fact that everyone already knew what was going to happen due to internet coverage solicitations etc i wonder if there's any way this can be avoided in the future i know there needs to be a certain amount of publicity to sell a book that being said there has to be a better way to do these things without ruining it for the readers i blame this on marvel's marketing department more than i do the creators at this point what do you think mccann's fault anymore (laughs) yeah he's 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 out What do you think? Should companies try harder to keep their secrets, or is this just the way things are gonna are gonna be from now on? Well, I got so bad I, news for you, Gary. <laughs> uh, well, Evie, Evie, you've been uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I. But the funny thing is that I didn't um, actually. I said that I knew this was gonna happen, but it, it didn't actually have anything to do with the the marketing so much. I didn't really pay close attention to the previews as much as just it, you know the whole the story. It kept being like. Nightcrawler's the one who's, you know, against the whole X-Force thing. Nightcrawler's having all these conflicts with, like, what's going on. It was kind of, like, sort of plot-wise. Yeah, and, um, and Connor it, picked up on that as well. He pointed out to me. Plot-wise, it was, like, Nightcrawler's the one who's having all these issues with what's going on. It means he's going to die. Right. And, like, that, that's that's how I knew that he was going to die. You see, and, and, that's, so, and that's the thing is that I never made that connection. Like, I just thought that was building towards, a, a, like, a Nightcrawler leaving, like, Beast left and stuff like that. I, yeah, I was, no, I was, I was pretty sure it was going to be one of those things where he, you know, he's, like, against the whole thing, but he does it for the sake of, you know, mutant kind, and then he ends up, right. you know, getting screwed. Because now, of now that said, to get to his question, you know, like, I don't I don't believe that the market, I don't think the market, you're, I, I follow the marketing, and I don't think the marketing revealed that it was going to be Nightcrawler. I didn't look at the solicitation so maybe they did but what i think you're talking about is the internet discussion and coverage is that i know a lot of blogs were doing you know predictions and deadpools and stuff like that and a lot of people like you evie got it right um if you want to avoid that and and i'm shooting ourselves in the foot don't go on the internet it should be noted we didn't call this or talk about it so we're probably safe yeah, exactly. Or keep listening to us. Yeah. I will I will also say though that I didn't read any of that either. Yeah. And I just kind of knew it was going to happen and it's Well, you're so, part of the so, problem. That's the thing. So that's like, what we're saying. So, but <laughs> I didn't go out there and be like, I think it's going to be Nightcrawler. Right. Oh wait, that's not true. I I did actually. The, the character that's too noble to survive basically. Yeah. Is, I, was was sort of what happened here. So in this case, I have to disagree with Gary. I do kind of absolutely um blame it on the creators <laughs> because it wasn't it wasn't the discussion you know the the online fan discussion or the marketing or anything. So it, was it was just how easy. how the plot unfolded was you know it was too um, easy to solve. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was, it, it, and it, that's it, why all the discussion came up because people were like, clearly, this is what's going to happen. Because, right. Uh, so. Well, there you go. So if you have a problem with the marketing department of a company or the creators, you can choose an email, contact at ifanboy.com and complain about it, and we'll give you our opinion. So there you go. That's how it works. We can't um, do anything. About- yeah, we can. We're powerless. We're powerless to do anything. So, um, but nonetheless, um, all right. So, on to the voicemail. Uh, our first voicemail uh, has got a questionable use of children. Hey, fanboys, this is 
John calling from the outskirts of Philly. Um, I recently read one of your uh, articles about getting artwork at cons. I've got a nine-year-old boy and a five-year-old boy, and we're going to uh, Philadelphia Wizard World. And an idea I had was having them each pick a group of characters like the Avengers or the Flash Rogues or the X-Men and just going up to Artist, and Wizard, in, uh, Artist Alley and asking them to pick one of those characters and draw them. And by the time you went to five or seven or ten artists, you'd have sort of like a group picture done by different artists. Sort of a la um, that Image United thing that, that hasn't really taken off. Um, I was wondering what your thoughts are on this uh, specifically. Would the artist be amenable to that in your experience? So you, what you what you're looking for is sort of a jam piece, sort of a sort of a themed sketchbook. Uh, Ron, yeah. you you. Well, yeah, no, I th- people do that all the time. People, I mean, I've seen at cons people have like a, a maybe like uh, a big like almost like two pieces of eleven by seventeen. Uh, boards that are taped together and they have different artists draw characters and build upon one another and the artists really like doing that because it's kind of more fun um, but what I my I'm more concerned about what John from Philly's doing in that it sounds like he's having his kids go and solicit these drawings and really you know like for a discount yeah like just like I'm gonna send my kids in the artist alley and see if they'll get these jam piece done because who's gonna say no to a five year old who's like excuse me sir could you draw the rogues you know like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this is that's a, that's a misuse of your children, sir. I just <laughs> unless you send him in with a crisp twenty. Oh wait, wait, wait! I've never been able to say this. Well, Ron, as a parent, oh there we go. <laughs> Playing the parent card. I would I would say that I know that I would be terrified to tell anybody what to do with their kids. Right, true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, because the thing is, I've seen kids at cons, and the the one way to get, I mean, comic book conventions and baseball games, kids rule. Like, if a kid walks up to a creator and asks for anything, that creator will draw whatever that kid wants. And don't use that power for evil. That's all I'm saying. I would just say make sure it's actually what your kids want, because it sounds like you have come up with a hell of a plan. Right. something you might want. Exactly. If If I might be so bold, sir. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that being said, regardless of the kids or anything like that, that's totally awesome. And guys, yeah. guys do that all the I'm time. I'm sorry, Pookie, if you don't want a Punisher book. Yeah, exactly. You have all these different, all these different creators Dad, drawing the Punisher. Dad, that's what Daddy wants. Who's Jeff Lemire <laughs> and who is Microchip? Why is this in my room? <laughs> oh God, I don't even like comics, Dad. No, but um, yeah. So yeah, so watch the watch the use of the children in our Sally. But the jam piece is a great idea. Totally do that. It's the artist will get a kick out of it. They, and uh, bring reference though, because um, yeah, some artists might not know what you know the tops costume is like or what weather wizard looks like. So bring reference. That's always the key. So I guess so. I know what Ron's working on for his sketchbook this summer. <laughs> Shh. Rope anyway. book. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call in at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Let us know something. Say something, and then tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Yes. I have a question. Yes. Sure. With with the number 888-FANBOYS, do you guys ever get, like, people who didn't know what they were calling exactly? Uh, Rarely. We used to earlier in the day, but but, uh, back in the day, but not so much anymore. It sounds like it could be. I don't know. It could be anything. Well, oh. if you call if you call one eight hundred fan voice, you'll get a whole different phone call. So, <laughs> well, that's that's what I was sort of wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah, that but, people probably hang up when they when it's not like, "Hi, thanks for calling." It's when it's just Ron <laughs> being like, "Hey, you call my fanboy. Like it kind of ruins the mood, as it were. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, so we've got a whole bunch of other podcasts we want to tell you about. Uh, we mentioned earlier when we were talking about iZombie, we do the Don't Miss podcast, which comes out every Monday, which is highlighting a book that's coming out on Wednesday that you absolutely can't miss. Last week, our friend Chris Neesman talked to Chris Roberson from iZombie. Great episode. Go listen to it. Uh, this week, coming out tomorrow, I sat down with uh, Mr. Jeff Loeb, and we talked about Hulk number 22, which starts the 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 next story arc and the, the story arc that will reveal the identity of Red Hulk finally. Great. So, oh, really? Really? Yes, really. really? Yeah. So, um, uh, if you want to hear what Jeff Loeb has to say, honestly, uh, it, it was a great conversation. I, I, I give you know Loeb some, you know, I give him a hard time sometimes and Hulk stuff, but it, it was actually end up being really interesting. So definitely give it a listen. And the Red Hulk is the Joker. Yes, it is. <gasps> you spoiled it. I thought it was Oberyn Sexton. Sexton. Oh, what's uh, crazy is that the Red Hulk is Nightcrawler. That would be oh. that would bring it all around. 
Yeah. Uh, mm. If you sure have been outside, then you've probably been bombarded by Iron Man 2 posters somewhere. Yes. Well, we uh, saw the movie, and we did a special edition podcast talking about the movie. So make sure you check behind the feed on this show for that, a special edition podcast on Iron Man 2. Yep, and and check even below Iron Man 2 to get Josh's amazing Talksplode with the legendary Joe Kubert. It's a short one, but yeah, it's, but it's pretty great. sweet. Yeah, yeah it was so. it was I was I was terrified, but he was yeah. so friggin' nice and cool and, yeah. and it was just yeah. really cool to listen to him talk. Eighty three years old, people. Amazing. So look wow. in the look in the feed for Joe Kubert for Iron Man and then go subscribe to Don't Miss. And while you're in iTunes subscribing to Don't Miss, you should subscribe to Awesome by Comics. Evie wants hey. to talk about <laughs> Well, Awesome by Comics, if you don't listen to it already, is a um it's kind of like an awards show. So uh, we give uh, awards for panel of the week, hero of the week, villain of the week, crap of the week, stuff like that. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, you should all listen to it and subscribe. Yes, it's a great, it's a great show. I wish I, I wish I had known. I, I didn't. I don't think I scrolled down to know that that I was going to have to do this. I would have come up with something a lot, a lot, uh, a lot fancier. And um, you got to work on your pitch. I don't know. A little more risque, should, maybe. I think but, you um, just lead with the title because it's a fantastic title. Yeah, awesome to buy comics. Do you guys it? know where the title of, of Awesome to Buy Comics comes from? No. Um, it's from the line in in Runaways when when Molly Hayes gets really mad and says, "Why aren't you awesome to buy me?" Oh, and nice. That's a good thing. Because she she um she she figures something out that no one else does, and they totally dismiss her because she's you know the young girl. She's the young and yeah, yeah. Hey, what's the uh, what's the URL? What's the website URL? It is awesome to buy comics dot blogspot dot com. And so you can, we have a blog there, uh, and, uh, we post, you know, stuff about the show and, um, sometimes other stuff about comics and, and whatnot. So you should definitely, uh, check that out. And yes, we're on iTunes and pretty much any other place where you can find, uh, where you can find podcasts. You should cool. follow Evie on Twitter too. Yes. What are you, what's your Twitter name? It's Evie and E-V-I-E-N. All right. We'll, and we'll link to, we'll write that on the, we'll link to it on the show notes on our Getting my personal recommendation. Yes. Oh, thanks. Yeah. See, we're not enemies. No, no you're you're totally frenemies. <laughs> you like I, you like my tw- you like my twitters. That's all I need. We can, we can we can disagree on everything. And, that sounds and awful. Yeah, it does. Anyway, so um, cool. So go check out Awesome by Comics, and then when you're done with that, go over to ifanboy.com and check out what we do because that's why we're here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, go read. You my- can you can actually have both tabs open at the same time. Yeah, totally. Dueling tab, dueling websites. Right. Um, right. So check out my pick of the week review of of Wolverine, of Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine number one, as well as all the great articles and discussion and stuff like that's going on there. We've had some great posts by the likes of you know Tom Caters and Mike Romo and Jimsky and Paul Paul McCormick's been on fire it's been great so just go to ifanboy.com check it out um also we've been uh, uh you you can now listen to word balloon from john suntress there um every tuesday so check that out if you want to go to ifanboy.com slash about you can find all of our social network links you can follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy get the latest and greatest there um we do a video show that comes out every wednesday uh last week was part two of our c2e2 uh, coverage which was a lot of fun to do see manic jim mccann um who is always fun to talk to um, as well as uh, other folks like Jim Lee and Jim Lee playing with his iPad, which is fun to see in person. Um, this Wednesday, we've got an episode talking about Iron Man. Everybody's talking about Iron Man 2. We're, we're talking about Iron Man comics, which is why we like you know Iron Man in the first place. So uh, definitely check that out on Wednesday at ifanboy.com or vision3.com slash ifanboy. No one mentioned the little bit at the end of the last C2E2 show. Oh, I know. I don't think people watch it. They missed out. You Go sh- back to the. You should. You should watch the credits of the C two E two show. Really should. The second one. I mean, you should watch them both. But that one's. Uh, it's great. We should tweet that out. By the way. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You yeah. can email us as we said at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. Like we said, not eight hundred. Not eight hundred. Any questions, <laughs> don't comments, do it. concerns, or do it. I, <laughs> if that's your thing, do it. Yeah. I, bet, I bet they get a little uptick when we when we do that. Uh, so that would be the way to get in touch with us. There are others. You'll have to figure them out, but you're good at the internet. I know you are. You can figure it out. You're fine. And if you like what you listen, if you like what you're listening to, go to iTunes, write a review of it. Go listen to Awesome by Comics, write a review of that as well. Um, And also spread the word. Tell people about the podcast you listen to. Um, Tell them about the websites you go to. Help us uh, get new audience members because we need your help. No, but uh, us help you. Yeah, spread the word. We're spreading the gospel. So do it, the comics gospel. So, uh, Evie, thank you for filling in for Connor. You did great. Um, we'll get back to you about the permanent position. So. <laughs> we'll be in touch. 
we've got a couple more candidates. So yeah, no, <laughs> no, All but right. seriously, um, thank you for coming in on short notice. We really do appreciate it. So thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's a lot of fun. Yay. What else am I going to do on a Friday night, right? (laughs) (laughs) We like to think we're out doing stuff. Yeah, on Friday night. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm doing this from a a rock club. Yeah. Um, Is Connor going to be back next week? Josh, I don't think he is, is he? I don't believe so. I don't think he is either. Connor's taking a vacation. How about that? Who, so, um, be on the show. I don't know. Yeah. Actually, we probably should warn everybody that this is we're not going. We we're done with the cons until San Diego. We're not. Unfortunately, we're not going to Heroes Con. We're not doing anything else. So now, I fanboy goes on vacation. So Connor's go- Connor's gone the next two weeks. I'm gonna be gone. I'm, you're gonna be gone. I'm gone between right? you. Yeah, you're gone after Connor gets back, then I'm gone after you get back. So prepare for a a parade of guest stars and email us if they're people you want on the show. So yeah. Except I'll come back. I don't have anything to do. Yeah, yeah, Evie, you can come back on. That's fine. You you pass. <laughs> You're like that's whatever. Yeah. What's what's the Beatles line and the audition something? Josh, what is that? Thank you very much for auditioning. I hope you enjoyed the show. I don't remember. <laughs> I hope we passed the audition. That was it. That's, that's what it is. There I was go. on the spot. I was like, uh, 1969 rooftop shit. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Evie. And I'm bigger than Jesus. Oh